Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Time Enlightenment, Our Poetry Found Me podcast, where we talk about things that help you focus on chasing your dreams and goals. And we try to teach you that aspect of chasing your dreams and goals by writing down the things that you want to do, writing and then putting in action everything that you want to do. I went through my life, you know, with a lot of turbulent times. And the only thing that brought my mind to clarity was writing. I was given the gift of writing poetry for a certain number of years to better position myself for understanding the, the vicissitudes of life, the ups and downs, the changes, the ebbs and flows of everything. And the last few podcasts I've been talking about my, my journey to New York City my stay in New York City. And now I'm just talking about my return back to Florida. And I gotta give a shout out to my man, Mike Watson, man. You know, my man, he uh, he postponed everything he did to just kind of show me how the inner workings of New York City goes. And even on my last day, I came in the Kennedy Airport, JFK, and he took me to LaGuardia. He showed me how, you know, to maneuver on the trains, he showed me how to handle the buses when it comes to uh, Manhattan. And then he showed me how to catch the bus if I had to go to LaGuardia. And the reason I want to say that is because sometimes in life, when you are best needing someone to help you, you always got to submit yourself to somebody who knows more. And he knew a lot about New York City, and he just showed me the basis like, even if he wasn't there, if I were to go, this is how you maneuver. And when you want to go home or when you want to fly in, you can fly in through LaGuardia now or you can go through JFK. Whichever one works for you, this is what you're supposed to ride to get to where you need to go, and this is how things should be. And on that morning, when I got up to make that ride, the night before, he just set up a time to call me to make sure that when I left the hotel, that I met him on a train so we can catch the bus. And when I jumped on the subway and I rode to 125th Street and I got off in a section of town that I didn't even know existed in 125th, 125th Street. There was a, I think it was a Malcolm X and a Martin Luther King Boulevard to intersect. And the diversity of people was like vast. I thought it was gonna be all black people, but it was like everybody in that area. And I took a moment to just observe it. And I was just trying to take in the idea of when you go to different places and you see different people and you watch different people, what you get is what you can kind of get to is the essence of everybody. And you know, normally when I study things, I study the essence of human beings. Now I'm not I don't have an exact formula for it, but it's just something that, you know, when you see it, it resembles any other place that you go. And my whole time there in New York, I was just looking for how does this go when you strip away all of this walking, when you strip away all of the noise, what do you see? You see human beings just trying to live their lives on the level that they feel they need to function on. And it's no different no matter where you go. But you have to take in mind where you are and then be able to adjust to those situations or those circumstances 
in which you find yourself. And I found myself standing on 125th Street totally amazed to see what I was seeing because I had never seen any of that before in my life. But, this, but the essence of people, I feel that every day. And I'm just taking my time to, to look at what's around me and to wait on Mike and once he got there. And the thing about silence, even in the midst of noise, is that it helps your brain recalibrate. And my mind wasn't busy with thoughts. It was just busy. It wasn't busy. It was just, man, this is truly a, a blessing for me to see these people that I had never seen before in my life and to just see how they intermingle. And one thing about it is a lot of people don't speak, which you got to understand that you're a stranger. Nobody just, nobody in this society, in this world, opens their mouths or their hearts to welcome you anywhere in the world. And if they do welcome you anywhere in the world, you have to have some sense of celebrity or some sense of popularity for people to even treat you right. But when you go as just a normal, everyday human being, you experience normal, everyday human interaction. And that's just what I saw when I got off 125th Street on the Martin Luther King, Malcolm X Boulevard, and it was right there where the bus stops were. Mike comes up a few minutes later, and he still talked to me, asked me how everything was, how did it go. He said, you know, everything is smooth. And when you get ready to go to LaGuardia, across the street, this is the bus you catch, and it takes you right out there. And we was talking while he was talking. I was just observing the different bus routes and the people coming by. And then our bus finally arrived. And the thing about what Mike was telling me, sometimes the buses get so crowded, and when the bus driver comes in, it gets so overloaded that they allow people to just hop on and keep it moving. And I wanted to lose, use my car, but he's like, no, I just hop on and keep it moving. Now we jump on and there's a lot of people on. And as we're driving, I'm looking at like New York City from the vantage point of, it's just so much to see. And as we're driving to different parts to get to LaGuardia, you see like a congestion of like a lot of cars at auto dealerships. You see a lot of cars passing you. And God forbid if there's an accident, if you get an accident, it's gonna be gridlock for a while and you're gonna be late for your flight. And I kept thinking that that was what it was going to be because on the news, I heard there was an accident somewhere, but it wasn't where we were going. But the congestion looked like we just wasn't going to make it on time. And as I'm crossing the bridges or we getting on the streets, you know, he's kind of pointing out to me where he lived and the things that he went through. And then ultimately we get to the airport. And now once you get to the airport, it's another airport, just like any airport. Except for this time, I'm departing from New York to go back to Orlando. And I just took notice of people, once again, that I've never seen before and the journey that they were taking to get where they need to go. And the thing that kept dawning me is that no matter what I do, whether I travel or not, there's always somebody going somewhere, going coming to or going from somewhere to get to a destination, just flight just proves that to me every day. Even driving to work proves that when you see people on the roads, this is what people are doing. Now I get on the plane, and once we enter the train, the plane, the the first um, QR code that I was able to scan let me on the on the on the flight. And on the flight, everybody is just taking their seat. They're talking in the groups that they're talking from, 
And I just still take in this idea that humanity still has that essence of purity if we just learn to respect each other on the level that I saw it. And now we, we get ready to take off and the pilot says, we're slightly delayed. They got to move another plane in another position. And when you give us a few minutes, we'll be ready to take off. And that let me know that all the things that we do in life is coordinated by something. And those pilots and those flight attendants are trying to make sure everything is smooth for you on your ride, whether you accept that or not. They're trying to do the best that they can. And a lot of times not going to be perfect. Now, as he's talking about this, we get ready to take off. Everything is positioned now. So we hit the runway, we elevate, we elevate, we elevate, and then we get to the the height that we're supposed to be, and then it's smooth sailing. Now I got like a window seat on this one. And it's blocked by the wing for the most part. But nonetheless, I had a window seat. And I like looking out the window of an airplane because you're so high up. It doesn't even seem like you're that high up, but you are up enormously, enormously high. And I was trying to look down to see at the height that we were, could I spot any cars? And me trying to spot a car was like me standing up and looking for an ant, or better yet, a flea on the ground. Minuscule in sight. And it and it, it awed me so much that, you know, my, my mind was like, can you believe what man has achieved in this lifetime to have it where you can fly around in the sky midair? And I was reading my book, Walt Disney, but at the same time, I'm seeing his imagination. And then I'm thinking about the Wright brothers, their imagination. And then I'm thinking about my imagination. As I look around and I see these clouds, these enormous, beautiful clouds that I see from the ground up. But now I'm like in them or flying around them or close to them. And then at the same time, I'm elevated above some so I can see down on them. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, what was so beautiful about it is that they don't even get near the sun, but they block the sun to give you rain and clouds. You get above that, and you still see that the sky is still clear once you're able to get above the clouds. It was totally amazing. But I'm digressing. So we're flying, and as we're flying, there's clouds, right? And you know how when you're on the ground and you look up at a cloud and you wish that you could touch it. Well, this plane, this flight did something to me because once I saw the cloud, we actually flew through a cloud and it was nothing but mist. And I looked at that and said, wow, that's where rain comes from. I said, wow, that's where the wind comes from. That's where the formation of storm come from and now we're flying through them and as we be, now once we get to where we land or once we get to the point where we start descending as he descends you know the earth you start getting closer and closer to the earth 
and then you start to see little specks of cars passing by. You get to see little landscapes of homes. You get to see the patterns of the roadways. You get to see the patterns of the homes that are out there. You, you begin to see that now you are being leveled below the clouds and then you're coming down to earth. And I just couldn't think about, I just couldn't help but think about the journey back from New York. How I put in my mind some years ago that this is something that I wanted to do. And I saved up my money, put in the resources and I was able to go have a tremendous time. And then it was time for me to come back home. And the way, I, the way I'm prefacing now is because no matter what you do, you take a journey and that journey is gonna always take you home. Whether you're on vacation, most of the time when you're on vacation or you're just driving, the destination takes you one way and then the destination brings you back. And that's how life is. It's going to take you from one way and it's going to bring you back. So we land. The landing was smooth. We exit the plane. Now I got, got caught up in and I got caught up in some kind of dilemma. So when I sat down, I was waiting on my next connect flight. I had like a 45 minute layover. And once they began to seat everybody, some people were having problems with their tickets. And I didn't think I was gonna have a problem with my ticket. But when I got up there to scan my QR code, that lady said that was for the first flight. And I was like, what? So I instantly had to step out line. Now, mind you, now the flight was supposed to board at like 1.48, and it was like 1.30. And I, and I kept saying, what do you mean? She said, no, that's not the ticket. You got to pull the ticket, step aside. You find the ticket, I'll let you go. And then there's other people that this other lady is helping to try to get them on the plane because they were standbys waiting to get on the plane. And I wasn't worried about my ticket, but I was just concerned about why the QR code didn't scan. So I go to the other lady and I explain to her my situation. She cuts me off immediately. Said, look, I, I, I'll get to you, but I got to take care of everybody else that's in front of me. So I was going to end up being the last one. And I'm looking at the time, and I'm thinking, well, we need to get through all these people so I can get my flight, and I don't want to be stranded in a place where I already paid my money, and then I got to have another layover that's clearly not my fault. And she goes through, she's, I, I said, well, I, I got this seat number, and I want to try to board the plane, but my QR code is not scanning. She told me to tell me her name, and she told me to tell her my seat. She saw my name, she saw my seat, and she said, hurry, hurry, get on the plane. Are you good? I already got you in. When you get in there, you'll be good to go. And that was like, two and that was about 1, 1.40 when all that happened. And I was thinking like I was eight minutes away from being delayed. Even in the midst of that, I was still joyful because I still managed to make my flight home. Now we get on another plane. And this plane is taking us from Charlotte to North Carolina. I mean, Charlotte to Orlando. And even there on the plane coming home, I think about life. And I think about what it means for a human being to live a life where they are accomplishing their dreams and goals. And this goes for you and me and everybody else in the world. The one thing that you must remember is that nobody can feel your dreams for you. 
Nobody can put the energy into your dreams to make you do what you have to do or what you want to do for what that's ultimately going to make you happy. Life doesn't break down with you being inside of somebody else or somebody else being inside of you. Life breaks down when you're able to see the components of a dream. Be able to put those components together to first of all have an initial start to it. Then to start gradually putting the pieces to it to make it grow until it's so full on the page that now it's time for you to go out and fulfill it. And that's what I did. I had thought about this for some time and I really wanted to see New York City, if only just once in my lifetime. And it didn't disappoint. I mean, the buildings are tremendous. The avenues, the streets are amazing. And to live in Manhattan at the hotel that I was in is expensive. But man, the the joy that you get from walking in a dream that you just accomplished is amazing. Now, I'm flying back to New York. So I'm flying back from New York now. I'm getting ready to get in Orlando and then I'm getting ready to land. And once we're able to touch down, then I begin to see it fulfilled, full circle. The things that life shows you. The amount of energy and courage that it takes for you to live a dream that other people may not think is important to you. It's very vital that whatever your dreams are, that you pursue them. Especially like when you're young, when you're able to make calculated risk or spontaneous risk, whatever one you choose, to recover from them. But if you're not trying to spin those wheels early in the game, then you're not really, sometimes you're not really living. You just got to take a chance with some things. And once I was able to land and I was able to come home, I was able to look back and think about my family and the things that I tried to set for us, the things that I wanted to see if I would ever, ever be able to accomplish those things. Life has a strange way of showing you things. Sometimes it shows you tremendous joy. Sometimes it shows you excruciating pain. And to me, I'm saying more psychological. But when you are able to accomplish something, and to God be the glory when it comes to that, and you're able to walk out there with the faith and inspiration that you can make things happen, and you just got to make things happen. And me doing that was my way of saying I'm making things happen. And we got to understand what the mind is really trying to tell us in our lives. What's past is past. You, you can't undo that. No matter what you try to rationalize in your mind, what's past is past. It's a memory. There's nothing you can do. But I can say that from the time I thought about this up until the time that I was able to take flight, I didn't think I was going to do it. But, you know, I needed to do it because it was a goal. It was something like Tony Robbins said. It was a must for me. It was a must just as sure as in order to stay alive, one must breathe. 
And when I was able to inhale that dream and exhale coming back, I was able to say that that came full circle for me. And while I was there, I took a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures. And I told my man Mike, I said, look, man, every picture that I've taken, I'm going to post every last one of them. And I'm not posting them to have someone to say anything on them. I'm posting them on Instagram because I want people to see what a dream is when you're in it. Every picture that I took there, I was in my dream. I was in my goal. I was in the things that I had set. And I wish that I had time to take 10,000 pictures because I would post 10,000 pictures. Because it's the magnitude of the accomplishment that mattered to me. Why am I saying all this to you guys? You're only given a certain amount of minutes in this life. As a matter of fact, you're only given a certain amount of seconds in this life. And no matter what we do, those seconds, once we're born, they never stop moving. And when people are encouraging you enough to make you realize that with these seconds, you got to turn them into dreams that are meant for you. Not necessarily for somebody else, but they have to be meant for you. If they're meant for you and they come true, they're going to make you happy. But if they're meant for somebody else for some other reason and you're doing that, that may make you happy, but it won't be long lasting. The true foundation of happiness is you being able to do what you want to do for yourself so that you can reap some satisfaction in the life that we live. We don't know what that looks like from time to time, right? But if you wake up and you begin to mobilize a plan and you begin to structure that by writing it down and you begin to pursue the steps to make it come true, then you, young lady or young man, are on your way to destiny's plan. And you don't surrender that for any man. You go because it's the right time for you to go. And no matter what you do, people are going to still say or do what they want to do, but you have to make sure that you are happy within yourself about what you have set out to accomplish. And those things are the only thing that's going to make your life have any meaning for living. I enjoyed my time. I enjoyed the flight up there. I enjoyed landing. I enjoyed riding the air, air train, the air train. I enjoyed riding the metro. I enjoyed riding the buses. I enjoyed walking. I enjoy taking pictures. I enjoy trying to find what I need to eat. I enjoy my observation of people. I enjoy my observation of Central Park. I observe my observation of Wall Street. Um, well, the twin, and I also observe the Twin Towers before and after. I also in, in, in observe people enjoying the lives that they were given, the ones that I was able to see when I went there. And you know what's so funny still going on? Even though I'm home, there's somebody else that went there to do the same thing that I did. And I'm just hoping that when you take journeys like that, 
And sometimes your journey can even just be in your community. It doesn't have to mean you got to go to New York or go anywhere outside of where you live to enjoy life. It's once your mind can pick up on the idea that life is really, truly special, that you can begin to turn the wheel of your mind to a level to realize that we don't have a lot of time. A hundred years is nothing. But But if you can compact it, compact a lot of things into it that you wanted to do, Man, it'll seem like an easy ride. And I'm often thinking about my family when I do this. I got them some souvenirs, by the way. Just so they can know that their brother took a journey to NYC. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to strongly encourage you. And it's not about me trying to give you... the rah-ha-ha-ha. You don't need that from anybody. But what you need is for somebody who has pursued a goal to tell you what it takes to pursue yours. And you don't need a lot of anything to do it. What you need is just a wheel inside of you to wheel what you want into existence and to make sure that whatever resources that it takes for you to do it, that you do it. My whole world has centered around trying to accomplish a dream for my family. My whole world has centered around seeing whether or not God will allow me to even be able to do that. My whole world centered around the idea that if I can just think of a way to do something, Everything else falls in place. And this only happened because some time ago I wanted to go. Some time ago I paid the money to go. Then some time back I just took a flight and flew. You got to take flight with your dreams. And thinking about things is one thing. Imagining things is another. Writing down your imagination and being able to find the steps behind those things are the one things that will elevate you clearly above anybody that talks about a dream and never accomplish it. You are made to accomplish your dreams, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake about it. And all the work that you put in has to manifest for you somehow and in some way. So much so that when you take off and you become airborne with your dream and you land on it and be in the midst of it, man, that's a wonderful feeling. Man, I cannot express it to you enough about how wonderful that feeling is. And you should want to feel that part of your life at least once a year you do something that's gratifying to you may not seem gratifying to other people, but it just does something for you because that's something that you set out to do. And when you set out to do something and you make it work, then it becomes something that you made work. Now, when you explain it to somebody else, they may not be able to fathom what you're talking about, but you need steps to say to them how you got to where you got to and what can they do to get there too. 
we're all destined to have time to run out somewhere in our lifetime. But if in that destiny, you're doing the things that make you happy or doing the things that challenge you, then you're going to feel better about yourself. Life doesn't wait on anybody, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely not you. Definitely not me. But life will, when you wake up, give you an opportunity to set a goal, to raise a standard, to implement the steps to accomplish it, and to make sure that you're fulfilled. That, when you wake up, you're able to, to do. And nothing that you set lofty is going to be easy. So prepare yourself for the, for the climb. Prepare your mind to know that you're going to climb to the last rung of the ladder until you can accomplish that dream so that you can share it with someone else. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening to my beginning journey to New York, to landing in New York, to sightseeing in New York, and then to coming back. I hope that this has been encouraging and inspiring. And I just want to you know, point out the things that because Mike was able to do that for me, I'm able to see New York from the vantage point in which his eyes gazed it, but how my eyes penetrated into the world so that I know what it's like to be there. And your dream should be the same. Ladies and gentlemen, in conclusion, I got four quotes. One is from Napoleon Hill, Dr. Napoleon Hill. One is from Dr. Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. One is from Antonio T. Smith, Jr., and one is for one that I created myself. Dr. Hill said, if the mind can't conceive it and believe it, then the mind can achieve it. I conceived it. I believed it. The actions that I put caused me to achieve it. That's how I ended up in New York. Antonio T. Smith Jr. says, you can't plant better, you can't dominate. I had had the thing of going to New York in my mind for a long time. And I had said, I can't go when it's cold. I don't want to see no pause in New York when it's cold. And I just, I'm very adamant about that. But I can see it when it's warm. And Mike was able to show me around when it was warm. Four beautiful days of pure sunshine. I got to see a lot of New York. That's a part of my mind now. And Antonio is not talking about dominating people. He's talking about you writing down your dreams and goals and being able to fix them in your mind and get out and accomplish what you want so that you become dominant in your life. Eric Thomas says, make the rest of your life the best of your life. When you go on a journey of searching for yourself in the dreams and goals that you set, you begin to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Why? Because now you got the steps, you got the techniques, you got the tools, you got the necessary skills to maneuver in and out of dreams, to make them a reality. You just got to keep working at it every day. When other people are asleep, you're up doing what you got to do. And it takes that dedication for you to accomplish what you want. And this one comes from me. It says, life does not require more from you. Life does not require less from you. Life only requires that you maximize your 24 hours and in doing so you can have anything that you desire. To the moment leading up to me to take that flight, I thought about that flight the whole time. 24 hours a day. Am I? Am I not? I, I, booked, it, I booked the flight. Am I going to renege and turn away from the fight? I, I rented the hotel room. 
Am I going to turn away at the last minute and not go? I said, no, this is for me. This is what I set out to do. This is what my dreams, this is what my goal had entailed to go to New York City, and I've done that. So, ladies and gentlemen, fix your mind on your dreams and your goals. Stay focused on them. Work harder than anybody else on them. And be happy with the results that you get. Because when you put those results in, then you get those same results out. Sometimes it might be magnified because you put so much effort into doing it. And never surrender to the dreams that you want for anybody. They're yours. They don't belong to the next person. And when you accomplish them, you'll be happy. You'll be happier than you've ever been. Because you set the standard for your life. As a side note, ladies and gentlemen, I just hope that if you guys are able to listen to my podcast, I'm on Anchor, and also my podcast is on Spotify. And if you go to Spotify and you type in Time Lightman, How Poetry Found Me podcast, you can see me starting from episode one all up to, this is season nine now. And this is like episode four or five, I think. Now, don't quote me on it. I have to be certain. But be be assured that I'm going to keep on pushing this because I think in our lives, we need things to make us go. And hopefully if you tune in to what I've done up to this point, that it causes you to elevate your mind and put forth the energy and what you need so that you can go too. Until we meet again, peace.